Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Al. And I'm Anton. I have got that right, haven't I? Because I just for a second there wondered, are we on episode 68? But I think it is 67, right? Indeed, yeah. We're, yeah. We, we can For finally sure. retire somewhat uh, legally. <laughs> Although by the time we get to 67, none of us will be able to retire because the age will be at least 97 by that point, I think. Yeah, that's for yourself. I'll be, this time next year, Rodney, I'll be a millionaire. <laughs> fair oh. enough, fair enough. I like the optimism. <laughs> um, you're already a millionaire anyway, so you're fine. So, oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, before we get started, uh, well, obviously the, the place to go is nsukp.co.uk. Uh, that is where you can get everything. And if you want to be one of our Patreon supporters and uh, join our lovely uh, community, then you get all the details there as well. We'll, we'll mention that a bit later on because I want to um, get on to just a couple of... Uh, sort of uh, interesting things that have happened this week. First of all, we had a bit of um, a bizarre chart position uh, last week, which I think maybe we forgot to mention in last week's show, but I mean, you know, we were number one in Indonesia, Anton. You know, we're, we're number one somewhere. Uh, it turns out we're really big there. Uh, who would, I think that's uh, the world tour. That's where we begin. Well, <laughs> Thank you, you know, Indonesia! Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, it's actually really great because um, we actually genuinely were the number one... Well, we're in two charts. We're number one in video games podcasts and in leisure podcasts as well in Indonesia last week, which was incredible. So thank you so much. And we do kind of hit sort of top 40s of other charts regularly, but it is nice when you see the, the number one in a certain place. So thank you for everybody that is listening in Indonesia, because I'd imagine there must be at least a couple. Either that or we're the only podcast. I don't know what the Indonesian podcast community is like, <laughs> to be honest, but either way, thank you. Uh, and on Twitter, we had a couple of messages in um, just today, actually. Stephen, uh, Steve McGilvery says, uh, enjoying the show, folks. Lifelong gamer. It goes back as far as Pong, sadly. Hey, listen, we're, <laughs> Nothing we're not that, that far behind. Uh, but recent Switch convert, just like uh, us, of course, naturally I had to seek out a podcast and I'm glad I found yours. Any under the radar RPGs you would recommend? Um, yeah, I, I was kind of having a look here at some of the ones that you might want to check out that are a bit different. Um, and if you guys have got any suggestions as well, then just jump in. I think actually the South Park games is one um, that if you like South Park, you'll really like those games because they're very, very good. Um, another one I would check out is Child of Light because it's a little bit different. It's quite simple once you get the hang of it and it's also got a unique uh, battle system which I really like it's a side scrolling one but it's really beautifully done uh, West of Loathing if you like a paper stick man western with great comedy that's a really really good one to check out as well these are kind of the more indie titles obviously we're looking at there um, and if you want a big game from years gone by a classic RPG that's on the Switch that a lot of people forget about it's not necessarily the best of the best but it is a great sort of classic title that's I Am Set uh, Setsuna I would suggest that one as well um, and Nino Kuni I would definitely say Nino Kuni oh, is, is one to, to check out Anton have you got anything else you want to add oh, to that you know it's it's not exactly underrated uh, but I think a lot of people overlook it in the Switch library but just you know with your NES Super Nintendo Switch Online uh, giving a Earthbound a go you know it's mm. uh, such a charming game and you know because it's kind of an Undertale 
esque RPG, it just holds up really well. Like it's, uh, it doesn't feel like a SNES game. It feels like a modern indie game made in SNES graphics. And it's a, uh, you know, a lot of people overlook it. A lot of people are like, oh, I didn't know it was even on Switch, but it's just hidden away. Yeah. How about yourself, I- Al? Uh, you know, I would probably because I grew up with uh, playing RPGs a long, long time ago and haven't played many since. I would recommend going and playing in Trials of Mana, the remake on the Switch. Mm. It came out relatively recently. Uh, yeah, definitely worth a shout because it was they were great games at the time. I would agree with that. Also, Golf Story, if you want something a little bit different, again, oh, yeah. Golf Story is is great and it comes under the RPG kind of banner, uh, albeit slightly different. Um, don't be put off by the word golf in it. Neither me nor Al are golf fans particularly, but both love the game. And uh, Undertale as well uh, is uh, is particularly good. We did. I know you mentioned it briefly there, um, Anton, but <laughs> definitely, definitely um, worth it. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. So good. Undertale's fantastic, uh, and that's um, yeah. That, that's just. I mean, there's loads more, but uh, there, there's some sort of suggestions for you there as well. Uh, thank you to everyone else who's um, sort of tweeted us this week and been in touch, and also we had another five star review as well, which was great. Not a written one, but uh, another five star tick box, which makes fifty five. Uh, reviews now on Apple Podcasts. It does really help us if you review us, especially if we get the five star. That really does help. So yeah, thank, thank you so you very much. much. Whoever yes. left that, indeed, fabulous. Uh, Alistair, what were you? What have you played this week on the Switch? Very little is the answer to that. I, I yep. played a little bit more of the. Don't know that curtain. game. <laughs> but to be honest, no. It's been the weather has been so superb this week. I've not really been playing it because the Switch. As much as I love the Switch, outside in the sun. Oh, that's mm. great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, most of the time I have been outside enjoying nature rather than enjoying the wonders of digital happiness. Yeah. How about you, yeah. Anton? Uh, you know, it's um, a very, very similar affair where it's, um, you know, I haven't done too much. I've been playing, uh, you know, keeping up with my daily Animal Crossings. Uh, I was tempted at the, the Borderlands collection and they gave it away mm. for free on the Epic Games launcher. And I was like, oh, who at two K Games thought that was a great idea? Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm just kind of sitting here. There's there's a lot of good games right now, and I can't afford them all, but I want them all equally. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> next month, it's like dialing that up with like Catherine Burnout, Bioshock. Oh, no. There's just too much, mate. Outer Worlds. Um, we exactly. just had Bioshock and Borderlands, and all. And um, by the way, great news if you haven't checked out the Bioshock and Borderlands um, and XCOM slightly less lesser extent, but Bioshock plays runs beautifully uh that is some good news for you so um yeah i definitely if you haven't jumped into that trilogy it's a classic and it's playing really really well on the switch so that's a bit of good news borderlands 2 uh, not borderlands 2 borderlands as well uh all the games in the collection are playing well and xcom couple of graphical issues but um generally working pretty well as as well so that's a bit of good news uh, we are talking about yes we are i just was going to check about the outer worlds because we have uh, some news on that one too but we're going to talk about that a little bit later on so that's good um this week i have been playing uh, well i finished luigi's mansion well hey congratulations mm. that's what six months since it was released yeah well we but to be fair the first when we when i got it the first month i think we played like 13 of the floors so yeah you played you played tons before i even had it yeah i think yeah and and then it's not that we got fed up with it we didn't we just 
slowly sort of thought, oh, we'll do it. And then it, and then it became a bit of a, I felt a little bit grindy at points near the end. Um, I think for me, just my overall thoughts on it, I'll only get your thoughts as well. Um, loved it. Great game. Really good fun in co-op. Loved the levels. The one thing I didn't like so much was probably the boss, the bosses. I found the bosses um, not difficult particularly, but just annoying because there would be something slightly different that you would have to do and it was never particularly ex- explained, which is is fine, except that sometimes I, you know what I'm like, I get pretty frustrated when there's no <laughs> clear way to know oh, if we do this, we'll find out. I just found it a little frustrating to know what to do. It wasn't particularly difficult just, it's not the difficulty level, I think that was fine it was just uh, uh, some sort yeah. of system. I know what you mean, but I, that's kind of what I liked about it. There was one mm. boss, I forget which one it was, I ended up having to Google it and go, how on earth do I defeat this guy? Mm-hmm. The rest of them, I did manage to figure out relatively quickly, I may have died a few times, I went, ah, that's what you do, but that was kind of part of the fun. Um, out of curiosity, have you now gone and tried the multiplayer? Because I still haven't bothered trying the online multiplayer, and I nope. probably won't. I haven't, I have not, but... Just um, not my cup of tea. I like the I'd- one player, can't be bothered with online. Yeah, well, no, I, I really, as I say, recommend it. If you want a co-op game particularly, play it co-op. It's a, it's a great way to do it. Gooigi is, is great fun. Um, but we collected everything. I mean, we did a lot of collecting on the game. And I think that, you know, we played, we were there for, I think we played over 25 hours before we even did the final. So we did, play, we wasn't just a case of like, let's fire through the game. We, we did a lot in the game and we think we collected pretty much everything there was to collect. So, um, so it was good, really good. And uh, Mario and Rabbids, I've been playing that all week and really, really enjoying it. I'm I, much more than I gave it any credit for. I kind of yeah, wrote it off when it came out. And I know you're the same, Al, because you, you say that what you sometimes do is you do a couple of the battles and then you put it down and you come back to it again another time. Um, and it's exactly how I found it. I've actually, it's an absolute joy to play. I think I suggest if you did pick it up in the sale and you haven't played it yet, because it was on sale for something stupid like seven pounds. If you picked it up in that sale and you haven't played it, go and play it because honestly, it's brilliantly animated. It's just such a, such a great game. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At The Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes... It doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the gaming blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Yeah, and uh, the the Ubisoft writing in it is like remarkably surprising. You wouldn't think it to be. Yeah, you can't think of the the Mario Bros as somewhat simplistic characters, but you know, yet the story is goofy and it has like, dim, like some form of multi dimension, and then everything's fused in this weird hybrid world, and there's toilets everywhere. <laughs> it surprisingly works. Um, yeah, even that it opening, return to it. Even even that opening scene, that whole opening segment right at the start, it's like something from some sort of, you know, Pixar movie at the beginning. It's really, really well done. I know it's not, it doesn't go massively into it, but even just for that minute, it instantly hooks you, Al. It does, yeah. I mean, the whole thing was just incredibly surprising. And I was really pleased with what Nintendo let Ubisoft do with their IP, because they basically spent the entire game poking fun at Mario. But the, the entire thing is just a pistic of Mario 
in his entirety. And it's wonderful. It's so good. <laughs> really good. Really, really enjoying that. So if you haven't played it yet, um, I recommend it. Maybe wait for another sale. We have it on sale once. You never know. You might be lucky if you haven't got it already. You might pick it up on sale uh, another time. But hugely recommend that. Right, let's move on then and talk about this week's news. Tell us that people want to know. So first up, we've got a game from SFL Interactive and Maximum Games. It's Street Power Football. It's an arcade game, uh, football game with mini games and it comes out this summer. Anton, tell us more about Street Power Football. Yeah, it's got kind of a somewhat flat, cel-shaded art style, maybe kind of somewhere in between uh, kind of you know, it's kind of got that chunkiness like a Team Fortress 2 mixed with the kind of dry, kind of, uh, kind of desaturated look of like a FIFA Street. And, you know, it's as if they took like FIFA Street and then combined it with like a more extreme burnout or like they're, they're doing it like a, an elevated form of street football. And, you know, it's it's hard for me to 100% comment. I think you're probably our man there, Mike, but... Uh, you know, it does look quite good. It doesn't look like your standard football game, which uh, I think that's what we need when we've got any more entries or kind of games in this genre. Alistair, what's your thoughts looking at it? Uh, quite taken, actually, is the answer to that. I mean, I'm not a big football person, but I looked at this and thought, that's kind of like the old Tony Hawk's games, but with football. And I quite like that. I wasn't interested in skateboarding in real life, but I loved those games. I'm not interested in football in real life, but they look like they were quite good fun. They're just kind of comic, slightly over-the-top, carnage, fused with sport, in inverted commas, just probably combination buttons and a bit of skill, and it just looks it looks really engaging. I'm, I'm amazed. It's sort of come out of nowhere, as far as I'm concerned. I didn't know it was coming. Um, and the first time I saw it was a trailer, and I thought, yeah, yeah, all of that. Yeah, it's very, it reminds me of a combo of a Tony Hawk-style game, then a dancing-type, dance-off type game, like a street dance game, and then football. Um, and yeah, I'm, I've got to say, I think it looks really strong as a potential, com- you know, it's coming to other systems as well, obviously, and, and I, I'm just really interested to see how this plays and where the sort of competitive edge comes, you know, because that's always the key with these things, these kind of games is, does it hook you in enough to want to beat whoever you're playing in, you know, online or in co-op mode or whatever? Um, because that's, you know, any football game, related football game, tends to be about, you know, proper competitiveness. So I'm I'm intrigued. I'm definitely going to check this out. I wouldn't say I'm 100% sold yet, but that's just because I'm probably a football snob, I would say, when it comes to games. And um, I'm still reeling at the fact we don't have a, a decent uh, Pro Evolution or FIFA on the uh, on the Switch. I know we have FIFA, but we don't have a decent one. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by this and um, I'll be, I'll I'll be why, watching. Uh, why I want to watch it, well, why I want to play it most, because as a character creator, which means I can make a tall, gangly owl and put tall, gangly owl in the game, which I'm quite excited <laughs> about. I, I love to see myself in video games and uh, character creators are the best way of doing it because... Let's face it, that's the only way I'm ever going to appear in a video game. Oh, <laughs> uh, the yeah. unofficial DLC for Smooth Street Power Football featuring Alistair. I <laughs> know, uh, I mean, it would you would have the advantage when it comes to heading the ball because simply by the rules of gravity, you would get to the ball quicker than other people if it's in the air. So uh, that's definitely, certainly me anyway, because I'm about half your height. Uh, next up, Bulbware have announced PewDiePie's Poop D Chapter 1 coming out on the 25th of June for a fiver. It's uh, Binding of Isaac inspired 
inspired dungeon crawler. Now, there's something that sends shivers down my spine, Anton, about the idea of a PewDiePie game. Um, so I'm slightly concerned from that point of view. But looking at it, um, worryingly, it actually doesn't look doesn't look too bad. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think uh, the. Look at like the positive and negatives here. The the negative is it has came from iOS uh, and Android. Actually, got banned from the iOS App Store because <laughs> uh, of the 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 poop. Uh, but it did make it to Android. Um, on the bright side, it is uh, the collaboration between Bulbware and PewDiePie. This mm. is their third game, and uh, they've I've played their previous two titles. Um, PewDiePie's Adventure and PewDiePie's Tuber Simulator and they've both been fantastic games um, and this one you know those ones were very meta very YouTube based uh, I haven't seen the reception to this one but I've seen more, I believe it's, has, it's went over reasonably well and you know this one's a, a far more expansive than I'm a YouTuber and I've got a game now uh, dungeon crawling uh, a bunch of uh, very colourful characters characters wouldn't you say Alistair uh, that's one way of putting it yeah I mean it's been fairly well received actually so far so four and a half four point nine out of fives pretty high reviews uh, on the assumption that you like lots of poo and fart jokes which I mean who doesn't love a poo and fart joke I do have a problem with PewDiePie I'm not going to bother getting into that because I'm sure everybody has their own thoughts on PewDiePie but what is irking me about this game is the fact on Android it's free and on iOS it was free and on the Switch it's five dollars Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, irking me a lot. I think they've ripped the microtransactions out of it, so it's a uh, maybe a well, choice of pill. Well, yeah, were the I microtransactions were they pay to win, or was it just little extra? Pay to unlock, was, probably. I would think. I would possibly. think it would be a case of you know you get the first part free, but then this is just they are saying at the moment this is just chapter one. So I think if you're going to do it that way and you're going to charge, which I would still rather pay up front than pay for microtransactions in any game, but Ditto. you're going to have to explain that. You're going to have to say. But don't worry, because if you were playing this on mobile, it would have cost you £6. You have to make that really clear if you're going to have a game like this. Otherwise, all that happens is that people like us um, won't buy it because we'll say, well, why would we bother? Um, Yeah, no, I'm surprised. And this is Bulb Boy, Anton, as in Bulb Boy, the game, like the, the same character from his own game. Uh, oh, I'm not too sure. <laughs> because Bulb Boy, I think it is. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Because, I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Yeah, because Bulb Boy on the Switch is a game that um, it, it is already on the Switch. Um, and uh, I've actually f- completed, completed Bulb Boy on the Switch. It's a good little game. Um, not a very long game, but it's a good game. Um, and it does look like the same character. So that would make a lot of sense um, with the kind of crossover thing. So yeah, um, it seems like they've got a bit of, um, you know, sort of... Uh, something behind it, and as you say, the fact that you've played it, Anton. Um, yeah, the you know the the first two, you know, yet being mobile games, like the second one, Tuber Simulator, was very much you know your. It was very much a mobile game, but that first one where it was a paid title, uh, that one wasn't free to pay, and you know it was a fairly competent game. I think it got a PC port after which, and you know it scaled up well. So, you know, I, I think thankfully charging a fiver, I think. If they've if they explain their uh, distribution of content, could be a fair price, especially for the the size of creator that's behind it. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, next up, Square Enix have announced Infinity Strash, uh, Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Dai. Um, so they've announced it. It's an RPG based on the Dragon Quest manga. I think at the moment we're still wait. Are we still waiting for final confirmation that it is going to come to the Switch? I mean, I think it will, but have we actually had the word yet, Anton? Uh, you know, it's very question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, we have good reason. It seems very possible, considering Square Enix and Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest's commitment to Switch, that it could be coming. But uh, you know, where they've literally just shown off the Japanese trailer, which shows off the visuals, uh, explains the tie into the manga. Um, but it's very question mark, question mark, question mark, even regarding the gameplay mm-hmm. uh, of it. But overall, from what you can see from the trailers, do you think it looks good? I think it looks really strong, actually. I think it looks... It reminds me of um, a lot of the sort of um, Dragon Ball Z, Power Rangers type, you know, sort of TV show, the cartoon versions. There's been many, very many different uh, versions of them, even some of the Pokemon TV series, the more new ones. Um, But... Um, and it looks like that in a game form, which for me, I think, could be really, really strong. But as you say, the gameplay is very difficult to tell how much gameplay is in there it almost looks like and i i don't know how you feel about this al but looking at what i have seen in the um in the trailer i don't think it's your kind of standard um rpg fair where it's turn-based it looks like it's kind of open action um which could be really good if that's the case it does it reminds me of i'm trying to think what it's called something like legend of the wind Waker. It was another anime that turned into a game. No, 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 it wasn't. Oh, what else is it called? It was on, I'm going to say PS2, PS3. It was a really big game based on another anime kind of franchise. Okay. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, it reminds me of that. So it's a third person running around, hack and slash your way through everything with a few spells. I, I'm intrigued. I just want to know what an Infinity Strash is. I mean, what on earth is a Strash? Well, I'll be honest, Anton, I did double check that because I did wonder if it was a typo because I thought strash that's a really unusual word but but um, it is that is what it's called yeah you know I think that the manga ran for a good while so it's probably you know you get combined fantasy manga and like 20 video games you uh, you really start inventing your own words at that point so um, I think the good thing here is it, at least you know going into this it looks like Quality wise, it looks like it's running on like the Dragon Quest Eleven engine, but with some more like slightly more warriors s combat without the massive horse, of course. But uh, I think having that kind of quality there, knowing that it's got been based off some kind of established, uh, kind of verified source material, makes me hopeful that in the end of the day presuming we hopefully do get it for Switch, that we should have a good title here. Mm, yeah, I think I think it could well be. It does look pretty good. I've got to say, it's um, they've certainly gone all out in that trailer. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Next up... Yeah, Cap- the last airbender. That's what I was trying to think of. Just oh, in case yeah. I was wondering. Yeah, 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 I remember that game. Uh, Captain Subasa: Rise of New Champions got a release date now of the 28th of August. Uh, this is a game... Uh, Anton, that was uh, very much uh, beloved in Japan. I mean, it's very much up there with kind of the favorite. You know, it's a real sort of cult classic, um, and uh, it's um, it, it's it's a football game, but it's a lot more than just a football game because it's got a huge kind of anime style animations, and there's all sorts of you know sort of uh, sequences that you can go through when you're when you're playing this game. And I, I'm really interested in this one. We know it's well loved. Do you think it'll translate well in the West though? Um. 
you know, I think it will translate as well as a lot of similar games too. So I think it will have it. It won't be for everyone, but it will have its niche. You know, when I, I look at this, it really feels like it's doing like what Dragon Ball Z does to the fighting game. This is going to do to like pace. <laughs> like yeah. it really has <laughs> just. You know, you're going to be flying through the air. It's going to have like star wipes. Well, not star wipes, but that like star dramatic effect where you're zooming in on a character. It's going to be over the top. But as somebody who's not a football, uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I suspect I'll probably prefer this to the idea of FIFA or Pez. Absolutely. I mean, I, I quite like these football games that are fun rather than a football game that is football. If you follow my logic, I don't. I don't get football. I don't enjoy it, but fun games which are over the top or more cartoony and just about having a bit of a laugh rather than trying to you know beat I'm going to say just insert famous footballer name here I don't know any of them but you know <laughs> I'm not interested in the mechanics and the physics and all that kind of stuff that comes with them I just want to have fun and this looks like it's fun if anyone asks um, here's a famous football name for, name for you it's uh, Cristiano Rolando if you remember that one <laughs> Um, then you, you can't go far wrong, Al. Um, yeah, I'm uh, definitely keen on this, I think. Uh, e- even though I, I do really want a FIFA or a Pez to come to the Switch that's really good and, and sort of as close to the other versions as we get, this one f- sort of fills a different space for me. It's not about being a great football traditional simulation game. It's about something a bit different, and I am definitely interested in this. Uh, another game that I have played a bit of previously, and I'm quite excited about this. I know that you're quite excited about this uh coming as well um, Anton is Catherine full body and the good thing is here we know well we know it's going to be 11.4 gig which yeah, yeah it seems <laughs> you know it's it's not the smallest file size but it's reasonable um, but the great news is we're getting a demo and I think that's a really clever move Anton yeah it's you know especially I think it has such a weird concept where it is you know half like uh, persona cell talking communication life balance game and then you have like the super hard brutal puzzles uh you know giving people a little wee taster of those puzzles i think especially you know like a puzzle game element like that that's just something you get hooked on and then you're, you're 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 committed to whatever games attached to it so i think getting people through the doors and maybe uh not it's not even a love triangle anymore it's more like a love square because they have three girls now um so, you know, maybe not scaring people away with the love square and then just like showing them the puzzle. Yeah, you know, it's, get people it's, through the door. It's not actually as uh, scary a, a title as you think it is, Al, although it looks a bit risky. Um, it isn't actually as much as maybe you would think. There's a couple of moments, but generally it's it's not. Um, <laughs> any interest in this one? I mean, maybe that's put you off. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, hey, you said risky. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> no, I've never played it, to be honest. And it's not the kind of game I generally play. Um, am I interested? I am interested. Mm. If you buy it, I will come and play it. No, you can play the when demo the now. Passed. You can play yeah, the demo well, now. I'll see. It'll be interesting to see what the demo gives you, what it shows you. Is yeah. it out now? Uh, the demo? Um, no, I think no. it'll be out when the game comes out. Uh, yeah. But you know, as soon as it is out, I'll be definitely letting you all know. Um, you know, the thing I find funny about this game when you look at the trailers, you think it will be like all like all about the love. Uh, square as you would think sorry I love the idea of a square um, but no it's actually majority of the game is just you hanging out with your bros in a bar uh, <laughs> so it's uh, so, so life pretty much yeah, yeah. gotcha well, basically yeah look out for the demo 
So next up, we've got a competitor for the Nintendo Switch, Anton. Tell us about the uh, Pow Kitty X2. Yes, um, you know, if you ever wanted to play all of your favourite NES games, uh, such as Super Mario Bros. 7 and Sonic, uh, with beautiful 8-bit graphics, then you're in luck with this Nintendo Switch Fami clone. Um, you know, just as awful as it gets, it has uh, HDMI out, which... Uh, I don't actually does HD. I think it's just MI. Um, you know, it it does look like a switch at least, which is uh, the most we can say. Al, <laughs> it looks kind of like a switch, a bit squarer and a bit cheaper and a bit crapper, and with some some fairly dodgy, weird ports on it and some dodgy processors behind it, and pretty much everything dodgy you can think about. But yeah. it only costs you eighty quid from their store on Alibaba. So, you know, if, if you want to go play... Well, apparently it's got quite a few emulators on there. It's got 11 emulators, including PS1 oh, really? and G- game, the normal Game Boy, Game Boy Color, a couple of arcade things in there. It, it, I'm not touching it with a barge pole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one thing I love is, um, yeah, it costs £80 and is, you know, got a similar tablet size. They've still managed to have thinner bezel- bezels on this and have a 7-inch screen, which... Uh, Nintendo, Switch 2, just give us all screen. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, Does that you know, bother you? Does the bezel bother you that much? I don't even notice yeah. it. I don't even think about it. See, it's, uh, I feel like I'm being robbed. I'm paying for all that tablet that's not being used by screen. I just <laughs> want it to be like a all screen. <laughs> you know, I don't actually think... I've seen a lot worse, put it that way, in terms of these things. I would love to see... I'm sure somebody collects them, like all these kind of knockoff, kind of um, weird consoles that... Yes, they're um, called Anton. <laughs> well, we know he collects everything. That doesn't count. You know, there must be someone that specifically does them. It is out there. It's called the Power Kitty X2. That's Power and then K I D D Y. If you want to go and Google it for yourself. Next up, Xenoblade Chronicles. The tech analysis uh, team. The they managed our tech analysis team behind checking this out. I've seen that the game runs at thirty frames per second. Uh, handheld, it's three seven eight five forty p and docked five hundred four to seven twenty p. Um. I th- that's given what we're going to talk about with another game coming up soon, Anton. Is that is that a little low? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think if this was The Witcher Three, I would accept it. But you know, this is a a game that was on the Wii and the 3DS, and you know, the Wii was based off the GameCube, which was a console from 2001. <laughs> uh, this feels a little bit rough like it looks good and you know they've done a lot more touching up than just scaling it up like they've done some bit mapping but you know this bit mapping is technology that we've had since the early 2000s so Hmm. you know this you know it's a little bit blurry for my eyes i think for some people you know it doesn't track from gameplay and they've kept us solid 30 frames per second and that's why we've got that kind of scalability but i don't know uh, it's really low Really low. I can. I struggle to see myself getting behind that. Well, I suppose my question would be, what was it running at on these old consoles? Because if it's just running exactly the same as it used to, and you're getting a more authentic feeling, then there is an argument to be made for actually this is perfectly acceptable. Mm, I believe it was for the 3DS. I believe it's 240p, and then the Wii is 480, so theoretically higher than the Switch one, <laughs> um, which mm. uh, you know. I, I, you know, this would be fine for a port, but this, at least in my eyes, I see this, you know, it's a £50 remaster. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of hype as well leading up to this. 
yeah, and you know, this is two generations worth of progress. And I was having a wee look at some of the graphics, and you know, I imagine it's it's still going to be a fantastic game, and it's going to be completely mm. playable. Uh, so not to say it's bad, but it's like looking for the remaster. There's a lot of shots where you can see that they haven't actually touched certain textures. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, objects are kind of have been touched up, but then it's like I saw a shot and it was like the clothes are just the same. And it's like, yeah, I, you know, for me, I think when we t- well, we're going to talk about another game a little bit later on, um, actually. And um, uh, in fact, let's talk about it now. Let's bring it forward and talk about it now. So The Outer Worlds is out next week and there's been tech analysis done on that. And as we know, The Outer Worlds is out on the other big consoles right now. It's a proper current gen game. It's uh, running at 30 frames per second and handheld 720p in docked 1080. That's what they're claiming. Now, we haven't seen it yet. And much like Bioshock and Borderlands, all the kind of review codes and everything didn't really go out until the day of release. Uh, and we suspect that will happen again. Um, that shouldn't be worrying because Bioshock and Borderlands were fantastic. Uh, they've come out really well. Obviously, it's it, it's not the same team, but you know, you just think if the Outer Worlds are doing 1080 docked and 720 handheld, which would be fabulous, that then does sort of really kind of make the point that Xenoblade maybe have just got that slightly wrong, Alistair. It's hard to argue against that, to be honest. I mean. The only the only argument I can come up with for why they would be struggling is that they deliberately throttled it for the authentic experience. But I really am grasping at straws. I kind of just want to go, come on, pull your socks up and stop giving us... I'm not going to say junk, because the game's still a good game. It's a great game, in fact. Well, but some people just, say it's the best JRPG of all time, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's a, a real bit, shame. Feels lazy. That's going to be what it feels yeah. like. Just feels lazy. You know, it's interesting. I saw the kind of rationale behind it is they've remade the game in the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 engine, mm-hmm. which apparently that actually had similar performance to this. And it looked great. <laughs> you know, the the thing that's sounding there is the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is maybe built on a bad engine. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like even like the Outer World, like it's a even if they like turned on the textures and the particles and all that, it's a detailed world. There's a yeah. lot of like little bits and you know, there's lots of nooks and crannies, there's a lot of enemies on screen. Xenoblade Chronicles, it's it kind of has that um the wildlands element from Pokemon where it's kind of a little bit more barren in the areas. It has a lot of wide open spaces, which well. Should be easier, hopefully. <laughs> to, to lead on from that, another bit of news we're going to talk about this week. And that, we, we have got quite a lot of rumours coming up today as well, which we're going to talk about, which again leads into this kind of um, third-party developer thing. Um, so Sabre Interactive, who are the, the porting team behind The Witcher 3. Now, I mentioned this, I think it was last week, and it might have not been on the main podcast. It might have been on Last Call for the Patreons. But I mentioned that Sabre Interactive had talked about that port of The Witcher 3 and had said that basically they felt that a lot of developers were just lazy in terms of actually trying to fit something onto the cart where The Witcher 3 is on one cart cartridge um, and it's an unbelievable size of a game uh, and there's, they say that if you spend the time and if you do actually put the effort in you don't need to use the space that you do because you are limited and it forces you to think that way They've also said this week that they believe, Sabre Interactive that is uh, that there's still more they can get out of the Switch and considering what they achieved with The Witcher 3 and considering we've 
think that they might be involved with one or two of these announcements, uh, rumours that we're going to talk about as well. Um, that, to me, it, we talk about this in every generation of a game. Suddenly the ones near the end of the cycle look in, look significantly better. They play significantly better than the early games. Um, and are we just maybe getting to that point now, Al, where we're seeing what the Switch can do just in time for the Switch Pro? <laughs> Um, well, yes, there is definitely an element of as consoles age, people figure out how to use them properly and they can extrude, extrude, um, what's the word I'm trying to uh, extract. Blip, blip, blip. Extract, thank you. Yes, they can extract far more performance from them than anyone initially thought was possible or um, something was demonstrated at the beginning. So there is definitely an element of the switch is just getting to that stage in its life cycle. But whether it's getting to the end of its life cycle is debatable because the Switch and the Switch Lite are still going to be kicking around for a very long time and they're sharing the same architecture. Mm. So if a Pro comes along, it's safe to say the Pro is probably not going to be massively different. I think this is just a, a mid-life um, massive jump that has uh, that's been has been teased out effectively by Sabre and I suspect there'll be more. I suspect other developers will possibly surpass Sabre's um, achievement and I really hope they do, frankly, because it's cool. It's cool seeing all this coming out of what is now getting on as, well, it's kind of kind of ageing technology this switch now if you think about it about well, three years which for a lot of cycles is is starting to get to the sort of tail end we don't believe that's the case for the switch at all but yeah. um, even still Anton I mean you know looking at that looking at Sabre Interactive what they achieved with the Witcher 3 looking at how well Bioshock has transferred across for example now Bioshock is the remastered they're based on it's not the original which is important to, to show that distinction um, and it is running really really well and Borderlands looks good and we're, f- we're now finding that ports coming across more often than not are much more acceptable than when we started off with the Switch. Yeah, you know, coming off of the Wii U, you know, it's uh, for many people, like even going back and looking at kind of our coverage of it in the past, it was, you know, there was a degree of, you know, who knows how the Switch could go? You know, it looks like a cool console, but it might not land. So, you know, I imagine when they're porting Doom and the Elder Scrolls Skyrim, you know, there's only so much money you're willing to pour in, but now that we've got a console that's kind of creeping past uh, the 60 million units mark and we're only midway through the lifespan, you know, it, like there's a justification for putting the time in to get a good port out there and, you know, figuring out how to squeeze bigger and bigger games onto the console. Well, the, I was reading a report this week which predicts the the likely final sales of consoles. Um, and at the moment, the Wii is the best-selling Nintendo console of all time. The Nintendo Wii was by far, I think it's 105 million units sold. Um, and they've projected that the Switch is on the same trajectory as the PlayStation 4 right now. If, what they do is they take a, they look at the start dates, um, they look at the sales until that point, they do then the calculations of what will happen next and it, it's pretty it's pretty detailed um, and at the moment they're, it's pretty much neck and neck with where the PS4 would be uh, or where it, it, the Nintendo Switch would be if it had been as long a cycle and the PS4 sold 110 million units now um, so they are predicting that the Switch will become the best selling Nintendo console of all time so um, it is a t- it's a great time to get on board if you're a, th- a third party developer. There's 20 million units sold in in like February this year. I think there was something like that, which is incredible. That's a huge jump. Um, and the switch is becoming. I've seen more and more people talking about it that you know maybe weren't weren't into it at the start. So definitely the time to get on board um, and I just think they're seeing the potential of it and that is something we're going to come on to in rumours by the way because there are lots of rumours but we're not going to talk about that yet 
Okay, next up, a couple of things, a couple of news items I want to just fly through. First of all, uh, Dead by Daylight, they've got a Silent Hill DLC pack from the 16th of June. Uh, new map, new music, new survivor, Cheryl, and new killer, Pyramid Head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come I up mean, with that name. What are you going to call your son or daughter, Cheryl or Pyramid Head? Uh, I don't know which, uh, which one seems more sensible. I prefer Cuboid Head, personally. Cuboid Head, yeah. I mean, Dead by Daylight, uh, cool though, the Silent Hill DLC, that's kind of cool, isn't it, Anton? Yeah, you know, it almost makes, you know, when I saw this, I was like, you know what? I've all, I I didn't know I wanted Silent Hill on the Nintendo Switch, but now <laughs> I do. Come on, Konami, you haven't done anything with it. Give us Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, Al's uh, not going to be going anywhere near it, though. No, I'm already behind the couch, terrified. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, 16th of June, so not that long to wait for that DLC, Dead by Daylight. If you want to get that Silent Hill DLC, then it's um, it's coming very soon. Nintendo 3DS emulator Citra can now be run on Android smartphones. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably just another nail in the coffin of the 3DS, Anton. Yeah, you know, the, I've been impressed by the 3DS trucking on, but um, what is also exciting about this is if you combine it with a mod to run Android on your Nintendo Switch... One, two, three, you have the entire 3DS back catalogue on your uh, Nintendo Switch, which uh, just makes me wish Nintendo would do like an official flip grip cell thing because the people that have done that, you know, just turning it sideways, putting a flip grip, it's that's what we need Nintendo to do. Just kill off the 3DS for good, bring them all over to Switch. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, they will do. I mean, they've probably got a a little backlog of hardware consoles sitting around the 3DS that we want to get rid of first, but that must be dwindling because they must have stopped manufacturing that by now. They must have done. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly still selling pretty well considering, but yeah, it is. I mean, the Switch is where Nintendo, look at the advertising. Even this year, I don't know if you, you spotted it, but the, the huge surge in advertising for the Switch is um, is quite, it's been quite obvious. So I suspect that, yeah, it might be yesterday's news now, but certainly very interesting that that is happening. Uh, you can now filter the sales section of the eShop. I know a few people on our um, Discord chat for our Patreons noticed this as well. Um, so the way that this works now is that if you go into the sale up in the top right corner you can then choose your filters which is really useful because you can look for the games that are if you've only got you know a couple of pounds of gold points to spend for example then you can filter that and there's some real bargains in there i picked up um, a game to, today for 79 pence i used my gold points and it was it's a little point and click kind of puzzle game i can't remember the title of it it's something i never really heard of and i went and looked at some reviews and the reviews were great it's like it's old school point and click adventure where you you know you go from screen to screen and you, you know it's got an adventure story behind it and it was down from like 15 quid to 79 pence um so there's bargains to be had there Nice. Yeah, now you seem to figure out what that game was and tell us. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you yeah. in a minute. I'll look it up while you guys talk. Al, what, what's your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I, I've yet to log in. I, I did see the, the Discord channel had actually flagged this up and I thought, oh, that's interesting. But I've been, I've played, um, like I said, Irony Curtain and I, I get annoyed when it comes up saying, well, there's an update. Do you want to restart the console now or start your game? Or think, no, I just want to get back to playing the game. I'll restart the console later. So I've um, not actually installed the news patch to get the filter on th the eShop. This is this. You are someone who has not played the PlayStation Four in a while. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. get, I got rid of that a long time ago for that very reason. <laughs> but at least but, with this one, you can just bypass the update and still play perfectly well. Yeah, and also it's so quick the updates. I mean, honestly. By they the way, the quick. game the game I'm talking about is called Modern Tales: Age of Invention. Might have been like how, how much was it? I paid pound something maybe pound thirty four. There you are. So. Um, but yes, it's uh, it's apparently pretty good. So, uh, Anton, what's your thoughts on yeah. this change? Handy, isn't it? Uh, 
you know, it's just it's nice to see. You know, uh, people have been really uh, harping on Nintendo for discoverability, and you know, this is a little wee feature that makes a difference if you're just craving. A, a shooter and you haven't got one yet or you're craving a, an arcade game you can just pick up that one you can just see if there's anything on sale that you're craving uh, which you know is good because uh, there's a lot of kind of your classic indie style games that are always on sale so to kind of try and pick those ones that are like from genres that aren't commonly on sale uh, mm-hmm. opens up a, a world of opportunity and uh, will surely empty my bank account yeah Tuesday. well that's that's the bad side of it isn't it really I mean we, we, we do need I still believe we need more uh, I would like them mm. to do more with the everything I mean I'm still I've, I've just gone back to the white background for the first time in about two years I've also had the black background mm. and it's re- it's incredibly bright. <laughs> it is, it is but, really bright and battery draining. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I've got two options here. I've got black and white. I mean, come on, can we not have a little bit more? But anyway, it's, uh, you know, there are things, I'm sure that's a whole podcast in itself. Next up, Drone Shot have shown off the entire t- entirety of the Super you Nintendo world. You just did world. what I did when I read that note. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've read the note wrong. Uh, we discussed this before we recorded this too. Um, so <laughs> there's basically what this is, is the new uh, Super Nintendo world, which is the the physical world that you can go and visit there's a drone has gone up there and taken images of it uh, so that we can all get a kind of a glimpse of it but you weren't that impressed uh, Alistair uh, no yeah it's, it was a new expansion to I think it's Universal Studios in Japan and um, they, they they previously had showed us a nice sort of CGI fly through the centrepiece is supposed to be a big Mario Kart track and it's supposed to be really really cool uh, and when you find the drone shot you zoom in on it I spent the entire time just zooming around going where is the Mario Kart track? I don't see it. I mean, the thing looks cool. It looks very Mushroom Kingdom-y and kind of awesome. And I'm, I'm really impressed with what they've managed to build so far. It looks lovely. But the only... The closest thing I can see to a Mario Kart track is what looks like uh, Utopia Racers, whatever it's called in Disney, where you sit in a little car on the rails that kind of moves around and you can steer it really slowly. That's not what I'm expecting. I want to race go-karts. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I have the, the feeling that this... The, the photos they maybe showed were a little bit more ethereal and rather than that actually being what the theme park's like, it's maybe just like this is like the little wee plaza and they have little wee stands where you can buy stuff and then they have mascots wandering around and then they have just doors that go off into big warehouses like adjacent to it. Yeah. But there is a bunch of empty space kind of to the, the left, right and front of it. So yeah. that's where I may be thinking but outside of the actual rides it Looks very colourful, very Mario. Very busy, I think is how I describe it. And very multi-layered. There's many, many platforms going on. Very well, yeah. Mario-esque, I guess. I love that, though. I think that's so cool. I, I really like the multi-layer aspect to it, where you can be up high and then suddenly, oh, there's something going on down there. It's great. It's really cool. I, I'm hoping, like you both, that those warehouses that seem to be off behind it, um, and actually they're on a couple of sides of it, they lead to something um, maybe a bit more like your Mario Kart track, for example, maybe. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it. I, I'm going to wait and see. I'm not I'm not writing it off just yet. Um, and I would love it to be amazing. It'd be so. You know what I'm like with theme parks, just like my you do happy love a theme place. park, Mike. <laughs> Combining Nintendo and theme parks. I mean, I do because I play my Switch when I go to the theme parks. I don't take it with me, but I take it to the hotel if I'm. St- you get the idea. Now we combine it completely. <laughs> Uh, although that seems like a distant memory at this precise moment in time. Um, okay, so next up, Nintendo Ambassador Program is officially coming to an end, but evidence suggests that there'll be some sort of revised program in future. 
very very briefly on this good we we want something different right i mean surely it's about time we got cuz do we what what kind of stuff in there um so the, so the so the the ambassador program i did notice a few youtubers and people saying as well that they suddenly had been had their association ended with nintendo um through this ambassador program but they they said it wasn't anything personal just simply because the program was coming to an end um anton yeah. but but we do need something new and fresh for it surely yeah, so if you're you're not aware, the Nintendo Ambassador program is a kind of scheme they started uh, post them just copy, copyright striking everybody on the internet and ruining everybody's careers. Where <laughs> they kind of, the idea is if you wanted to make Nintendo content, you could join this program. Uh, you can basically say or, say or do as Nintendo wants and they would give you access to some stuff early. Uh, you know, it had a very lukewarm... Uh, not lukewarm. Uh, quite a backlash when it was first announced, and then they kind of they kind of did the pro- program, but they also stopped just destroying everybody's career. So it never, you know, this was would have been a fantastic program in a world where Nintendo were still being awful in terms of YouTubers. Uh, but post then, you know, it wasn't really built to hold up to where we are with streaming right now, where we have. You know, Microsoft's buying Ninja and using them for marketing Microsoft games on Mixer. And, you know, right now it's it's more money out of Nintendo than they're really getting in. Because uh, I know, like, Beat'em Up, uh, the YouTuber, yeah, you, you wouldn't tell that he's ambassador. He's just a YouTuber. Yeah, Wood Hawker. He, I, I really like him. He's one of my favourites, actually. Um, Wood Wood Hawker is his name, isn't it? I think. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, beat, beat him ups is uh, he's he's really great, and um, yeah, he he's one of the ones that's lost this Nintendo Ambassador program now since um, since this announcement. Um, but you know, maybe there's something better. Maybe there's a better way to do it. Um, perhaps um, Al that that maybe kind of. Um, maybe kind of helps people kind of get access to things if they're going to do something similar is it something because obviously even for us you know we look at it and go in the future well is that a good thing for us or is it a bad, is it a bad thing I don't know yeah I mean, I mean I've been sitting here my brain has been whirring away going oh, I wonder what it could be could it be something we could benefit from Yeah. but at the end of the day we're in a different world to the one that Nintendo used to operate in but Nintendo very much like sticking to its own its own song and I I can see it shooting itself in the foot again with whatever replacement program it comes out with. I would be very, very pleased if I was um, proved wrong and Nintendo actually came out and gave some really good access to go make some really good content and saw mm. the benefit of people being able to share their things across the internet. And to be fair with the Switch, they have been a lot more um, uh, internet... Uh, what's the word? They've been more accepting of the internet generally as a thing and I think they, they pretty much have to. If they would just embrace it, it could do so much for them. But I'm not going to keep my fingers crossed because it's no. Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I'll, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, if it's something that is shockingly helpful, I'll be very surprised. <laughs> um, one last bit of news, and we'll just come to uh, Anton on this quickly because really, uh, for me and Al, it's um, it's over to Anton here. Uh, Mojang have announced two Minecraft Dungeons DLC, Jungle Awakens coming out in July and Creeping Winter coming out in winter. Um, having said that, I did I did check out some of the Minecraft um, Dungeons stuff and I have to say it does look pretty good and, and this will be good news that there's some DLC coming because it's just going to keep pl- people playing for longer 
Yeah, you know, it's it's got it's interesting looking at it because uh, Minecraft Dungeons has just came out. It's gotten fairly positive reviews, if not criticised for being a little bit light on content with, I think, uh, an under six-hour campaign, which for, mm. uh, based on a game that has hundreds of hours of playtime, it's a little bit disappointing. Which, Perfect you know, for me. <laughs> makes me fear that this should have been stuff that they could have just delayed the game a year. You know, it's Microsoft, they could... Uh, bleed money for years and still survive but <laughs> nevertheless the content does look really good and uh it's promising that the, the game will have a long life which going from the original minecraft to this six hour game um is something i want to see and you know it is very un minecraft because obviously minecraft doesn't have a story so no uh, i imagine they could get up to some wild stuff in this dlc is it um is it paid dlc it, it is paid dlc i believe yeah. so okay okay uh, They'll, they'll make their money somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, they will. Okay, let's move on then to this week's rumours. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... Okay, first up, the creator of Streets of Rage 4, Dottimoo, have now got three games in the works. No real surprise because Streets of Rage 4, Alistair, has been very well received. It's been very well received. Uh, it's been massively well received. I don't know how much of the uh, love for it is based on uh, the, the fondness of the previous games and how much is actually based on the fact that it's a really pretty good game. Fascinating mm. to see what they bring forward now, though. Uh, I'm intrigued because there's there's, well, there's a lot of options, I guess. Here's hoping that they manage to get massive success from it and keep going. Yeah. You know, it's, um, they were a fairly small team. This was, uh, as far as I'm aware, their first big project. So... You know, I think a lot of people, including myself, are a little bit sceptical of how it would go. And, you know, I have a theory. I think from now on, they're going to be the, the team that people get as, like, the reboot person. It's like if somebody mm. wants a new Ghouls and Ghosts or if Sega's wanting to resurrect Golden Axe or... You know, Alex they're, Kidd. They're be, yeah, like, these are going to be the people you want for your spiritual reboots. Because mm, uh, yeah. they've really hit a great balance there of doing stuff a little bit new but playing homage. Um, I could see this team doing a lot of good stuff and I'm, you know, yeah, it would be nice. I hope it's not just the Streets of Rage 5. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that that's a really good shout, actually, Anton. I could see that being the case. And um, there are so many IPs from the sort of early 90s to mid 90s that we've kind of forgotten about. Even like even more recently, though, you've got the kind of Sly Cooper ones and you've got the Jack and Daxter and all that stuff. You know, there's lots and I know I'm not saying Streets of Rage are obviously very different games, but, um, <laughs> you know, there are lots of options there of games that you think, oh, yeah, that could work if they could re- resurrect that. So you might just be right. Um, Okay, Swedish retailer by the name of Inet uh, have leaked Metroid Prime Trilogy with a release date of the 19th of June. Um, This will make a lot of people very, very happy. And the funny thing is that, you know, I was never that bothered about Metroid Prime, mostly because I haven't played any of the Metroid Prime games. Um, But now having looked back, I spent a bit of time this week checking them out because obviously I'm interested to see what they do with the next game. Um, And this is the one to keep people happy until the new one comes out. Um, I... I think they look really great and and um, this has come from someone who knows very little about them so I think this could do really really well 19th of June and and potentially not just with fans of the franchise already it could, and I guess that's what they're hoping Anton introduces a whole bunch of people before 4 arrives yeah you know uh, if we hadn't had the Paper Mario just drop and then have a release date the next month I would have thought this to have been lunacy 
But you know, looking at where we are with Nintendo, with Metroid Prime 4 being delayed over a good year ago now, this makes total sense that we would get a Metroid Prime this summer. You know, it has, it's not like your winter, you know, 50 pound kind of smash or something big like that. It just makes sense as a summer release. And this summer in particular just makes so much sense. And, you know, the fact that it is fully packaged, it's a trilogy, it isn't a Wind Waker HD, you know, I could see a lot of people getting on board because, uh, you know, I think at the time when this these originally came out, a lot of people were comparing it to the other shooters of like Call of Duty and Halos were all happening at the same time. I think now on Switch, it could really have a chance to kind of stand out from the crowd a little and not be compared. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree. I mean, it's a nice opportunity for this game, actually for this whole series of games, because there's a lot of people that have Switches now, and there's a lot of people that missed these games in the past, like like you, Mike, actually, like me, mm-hmm. I don't think I've played any of like the trilogy us. ones. I think the last, uh, trilogy ones, any of the Prime ones, I think the last Metroid I played was maybe Metroid, Super Metroid, I think on the SNES, mm. for a long time. Um, so I think it's, it's great that it's coming. I just feel like we've been talking about this for a very long time. I yeah. mean, I, yeah. I think when we first started the podcast, we were talking about the Metroid Prime trilogy. Yeah, we were. It was it's not far. Well, I think maybe Metroid Prime Four because of the whole sort of delay thing. Uh, perhaps was it was that was we were talking about no, that. I think very we're talking about the trilogy as well as four. Yeah, you might be right. You know, at least we're getting it before Persona Five. <laughs> 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 we're going to be or, talking about that until the Switch is gone, or, or Persona Four for that matter. However, I'm going to come on to that in a minute because uh, next up, Amazon have listed tons of third-party Nintendo Switch. Uh, placeholder games. In fact, um, there's been even more since the initial one. So here's the ones that we know have been listed by Amazon. Uh, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers 2 and 3. Uh, so these are just like placeholder names. Square Enix 2, Square Enix 3, Ubisoft 2, Ubisoft 3, Bethesda 1, Bethesda 2, Bethesda 3, Capcom Take 2, 3. Uh, we've also got a ton of first-party Nintendo Switch placeholders. So we've got Nintendo Game 1, 2, 3, and 4. I'm um, going to throw out a couple for you that I think are likely um, I would say um, so there are a couple in there so I think with the likes of Square Enix we might see some kind of switch switch kind of you know, exclusive games with Square Enix because of their relationship I need to I need to remember which ones had switch and which ones had switch and PlayStation I can't remember but I <laughs> predict that we are going to get um, from Warner Brothers I think we're going to get the Batman Arkham Trilogy um, I think that is highly be likely. Cool. They were good games. I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've not played through them all properly, so that would be delighted with that. Um, I suspect, and I've I've seen strong rumors about that. It's not just me, sort of, you know, plucking that out of nowhere. Um, and the other one I think that is likely is probably Mafia trilogy or Mafia <laughs> Two from Take Two. <laughs> Although the only other sort of curveball with that as well with Take Two, just because of the way that it is, is a read sort of port over of GTA which could be interesting um, because um, that is um, oh something just happened with my computer there I don't know what happened um, so yeah so but basically I I, I've, I think I think we're going to get my two absolute predictions there are um, are Batman uh, trilogy the Arkham trilogy and uh, Mafia so that's my thoughts Anton what about you Oh, you know, I, I find it funny when I saw Warner Bros, I was definitely thinking Arkham City. 
Uh, Square Enix, I think one of those could be the new Dragon Quest, and then you know there's there's always fifty different Square Enix mm-hmm. games. Uh, Disgaea would be good. Uh, Ubisoft, maybe that new skating game, the roller skating sports um, mm. Rocket League style one, and then uh, probably just dance. Bethesda, wrap my round. Random speculation. Follow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I did. I did wonder about Fallout. Dishonored would be great, but Fallout. I did wonder if we might see a port of one of the the Fallout games. Uh, Alster, what about you? Any any thoughts on it? Um, not really. But I'm actually quite happy, kind of waiting to see what comes out. The only one when I first saw Square Enix, I got kind of excited. I thought, oh, I wonder if we'll get the Final Fantasy VII remake. And then I saw beside it was Nintendo Switch only, and thought, well, that won't be the Final Fantasy remake because it's already out on PlayStation. Which I then felt a bit gutted about because I really want to play that. Mm, yeah, Kingdom Hearts. Ooh, Kingdom Hearts. Now that could, that be, could be interesting. That would that be, could be very interesting. That would actually. be really good. Even I the mean, back catalog. There's so much there that we could be, you know, we could we could see coming across. And the thing is, I think if you'd asked these questions six months ago, for most of the titles we just talked about, we'd have said, nah, probably not. Um, but but now I honestly think anything is um, possible, really, with the Switch. I really I really could see all sorts of curveballs heading our way. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm. It's exciting though, isn't it? Um, to be yeah. fair, I'm more interested in Nintendo game one, two, three, and four, but. It's- probably safe to say it's going to be Super Mario 64, Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario, <laughs> Mario Galaxy 2, and insert fourth game there. Well, here here's one thought, right? We haven't had... So the Breath of the Wild 2 is the first proper Switch Breath of the Wild, okay? Because the first mm-hmm. one was obviously created with the Wii U, uh, Wii U yeah. in mind. Um, Mario Kart, we haven't had a Mario Kart Switch game yet because again it had been out for quite a while on the Wii U so yes it's been polished up slightly and all the rest of it Um, so I have this feeling I have this weird weird feeling that we might get a Mario Kart announcement I said this a year ago it still hasn't happened (laughs) still waiting you know what when they were talking about the um, Super Nintendo world uh, and the announcement of the whole Mario Kart track being basically their cornerstone of that I did think I wonder if they will coincide that with an announcement about Mario Kart 9. I'm never hopeful. I love Mario Kart. I just love it so much. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's we're definitely in like the second like a second wave of Nintendo titles cuz I've noticed in the Splatoon community there's like rumblings now because obviously they've stopped the post-game support which I had 4 years of long support. The first game had a solid like 2 years of updates. And, you know, they've just phased out number two. It's a five-year anniversary, I believe, just this week. So, you know, we could... any Like, usually once we hit an end of a Nintendo console, it's, you know, a lot of your B franchises, but, you know, anything could happen. We could get sequels to, to whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that's it. We just don't know. There's so many... Op- and I, as I said, I, I think a year ago we'd had very different opinions on all this, but now... Um, because of things, the way things have um, have gone, I, I actually think that anything is possible. But uh, yeah, roll on finding out more about those announcements. It feels like you know, since we're not getting a direct, this is as close as we're getting is speculating, <laughs> speculating with uh, <laughs> with these kind of things. Um, all right, well, look, I think that pretty much wraps up the rumors. So it's time to move on to this week's quiz. So it's time for the quiz, and uh, I think last I think we're up to five five now um, because of Anton's win last week, which uh, 
with our weird scoring system. <laughs> we, <laughs> Anton we every week. <laughs> yeah, well done, Anton. You've caught up Hi, with Alistair. You. It's only taking you double the length of time to get the points, but hey, that's fine. Okay. First game this week, then. This was an adventure game developed and published by LucasArts. Uh, God. Sometimes I need to look up a list of their games because you've mentioned LucasArts before. My brain goes blank and just goes Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Grim Fandango? Oh, you've gotten got it in the first oh. go. Are you serious? Ah, that's my, my favorite LucasArts. It's so, you know what? So good. That's, it's sitting on my desktop right now. I'm looking at the icon. It is on my desktop on oh my, my Mac. No way. No yes, way. Well, well, looking since you told you that was them, I thought that was double fine, but hey Well, what uh, I was. I think published by LucasArts and then developed by Double Fine. Developed and published by LucasArts. I'm pretty sure Double Fine were involved in Grim um, In 2014, <laughs> Double Fine acquired the license following Disney's ah. acquisition and closi- closure of LucasArts. Uh, so, yes, they dealt with the later ports to the an- to Android, to um, iOS, to Linux, to Windows, to place to everything, pretty much, from Makes 2014. Sense. Mm. There, yeah, we go. Think, there you are. Yeah, Tim Schafer, the head of Double Fine, he... He directed it. He directed. Yeah, he was. He was with. He was with them, um, but Double Fine didn't become Double Fine. It was later that he he acquired it. So there we are. Oh well, that was a quick first round. Second round. (laughs) uh, (laughs) This was an action adventure video game created by David Jones and published by Xbox Game Studios, released in February two thousand and seven. Uncharted. Able wrong, to. wrong system. Um, oh, that's right. That's PlayStation. Oh. Yeah, Fable 2 is a good guess. It's not right, though. Uh, this takes place in a futuristic dystopian city controlled and enforced by a secret organization called the Agency. Oh, um, Project Zero? No. Uh, nope. No more guesses. Uh, <laughs> Pass. Okay, Uh, the game centres on the agency's super soldiers known as agents uh, as they fight threats ranging from various criminal syndicates. Crackdown? Well done, Anton. That was very good. Very good. Uh, Yeah, well done. That is Crackdown. Choo-choo. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. He's he's surging ahead in the points. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, for our final one, as you know, we pick a terrible title of a game and all you have to tell me is what year the game came out. Now, uh, the closest to the year of release wins the point. Completely immaterial now because Anton has won this week's quiz anyway uh, and it will be 6-5 now to Anton, but uh, let's do it anyway. It makes me feel better at least if I claw back a point. Exactly. a point, but... uh, Exactly. uh, What do you call it? Point, a win, a... Moral victory. It makes me feel better. A moral victory. We'll call it that. Um, Anton, you're going to go first because you've won anyway. So uh, the question, the game this week is no one can stop Mr. Domino. And the year, oh, uh, 91. Okay, and Alistair? 2011. Uh, Okay, time for me to do some quick maths. Okay, we have a winner. (laughs) Uh, The actual game is a puzzle video game developed by Art Dink 
Uh, it controls, you control one of five anthropomorphic dominoes, <laughs> uh, placing other dominoes in a row that will successfully topple while avoiding obstacles and working under a time limit. The game includes six stages, a casino, a grocery store, a family home, a local park, an amusement park and a city. All the stages are set up like racetracks and you go from the starting point after each lap and the player can make as many laps as needed to clear a given stage. Uh, it was well reviewed. It received on average about seven or 8 out of 10 IGN gave it 7.8 at the time uh, GameSpot 6.9 that was probably the worst of the lot but generally pretty well reviewed Uh, the characters included Mr. Domino Miss Domino I don't know why they obviously weren't married even Mm. though Mr. (laughs) Miss maybe they were brother and sister could be uh, Bruce was a domino with devil horns Pierre Domino (laughs) Domino with glasses and D triangle M dot question mark O is an alien domino with an unknown style Uh, also uh, another uh, son of uh, Elon Musk and Grimes apparently (laughs) boom boom so are you uh, multitasking did you read that while doing maths um no that literally was the the that is his name (laughs) no 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 what I meant was when you're working who's trying who actually won uh, were you actually working out who won from while reading that? Oh, no, I haven't told you yet. The year. Uh, oh. 1998. <laughs> 1998. Anton said what? 91? 91. Yeah. So Anton... Oh, you win, Anton. Anton uh, sweeped. He swept that one. What Well, man. this was actually... It was a PlayStation release, believe it or not. Hmm. See, I, f- I feel like I've seen the box art, but I don't know if I'm mixing that up with M- Mr. Glover, which that's an equally bizarre game of a similar era. I remember era. that game. Yeah. Well, do you remember all the PlayStation games with a claim on the front, A-K-L-A-I-M? Yes. Yeah, that, that very well... So you would reckon... If you look at the look up a claim PlayStation Alster, you'll instantly recognise it and go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember. It was on everything. Okay. They were on everything. We'll <laughs> you did um, uh, the first two burnouts. That's, that's their, right, their yeah. claim to fame. Uh, they're a claim to fame, hey. Eh? Ah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that is the... Um, that is that is a t- and it quite well reviewed the game as well. I haven't I haven't watched any sort of gameplay, but uh, I'm not going to go and say go and buy it. But um, yeah, there we are. No one can stop Mr. Domino. No one can stop Mr. Anton Mr. this Anton. week when it comes to the oh. quiz. And insert my evil laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, uh, nsukp.co.uk is the place to go to uh, get all of the information that you need for the podcast and support us even more if you would like to with our Patreon, etc, etc. Any final words, Anton? Oh, um, yeah, the website has all the information on there. Sorry, I'm just distracted. Uh, Mike's just instantaneously going into darkness and becoming demon. Um, That's because it's a really red face. Just too much sun today. Uh, so, Alistair, anything, anything final you want to add before we finish up? So long and thanks for all the fish. Okay, excellent. In that case, uh, goodbye. <laughs> Cheerio. Au <laughs> revoir. <laughs> <laughs>